Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner. And I'm your co-host, Brian J. Henderson. Brian, how are you today? I am blessed, blessed. How about you, Greg? I'm doing fine. But Brian, you know what? We have someone on tonight that a lot of women all over the world know. I sent out some emails just yesterday, all this week, and I've been getting emails back. It just and the, and the people. What I thought I was going to get back, that's not what I got back. I thought I was going to get a lot of comedy emails back. Kim is crazy. She this that. That's not what I got back. What I got back, Brian, was that she's a beautiful, powerful, and strong woman. Yeah, yeah. And Brian, you know what? I, I some of the emails even compare her to. Uh, the likes of Michelle Obama because of where she is in, in, in Hollywood and she's holding her own and, and she's she's working and she's just doing her thing, Brian. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny because I was talking to my kids today and I said, I'm going to interview Kim Whitley. And I was trying to tell them, Shh, you know, you've got to not tell everybody, but, you know, tell people. And they're like, oh, we love her. And they start naming the movies. And I'm like, did you see that movie? <laughs> you know, and they're like, "Yeah, she was on Reno 911," and I'm like, "You know, wow, you know what y'all know about Reno 911?" You know, but they remember who she is. Yes, yes. You know, and uh, of course they remember her as Aunt Vicky on that so Raven, mm-hmm. and so you know they were like, "Yeah, we remember her, we know her." Mm-hmm. You know, and right. my daughter immediately says, "She's a wonderful actress. Yes. I love her." That's how she. That's how she put it. You know, she puts it with all her little drama and everything. And so I I think she's well-received and well-recognized by a gambit of people, you know, not just adults, but, you know, children as well. Mm -hmm. What I got got from a lot of people, they were saying, you know what, I want to see her in a a serious role. I want to see her play uh, in a a real serious role like a lawyer. I want to see her do that. And I said, well, you know what, it's coming. Mm-hmm. Just sit tight, it's coming, big things are coming. And, Brian, yeah. there's a change, and we all know how, uh, what we see on television, we see certain things and certain people are to, are supposed to play certain roles, but who's to say that it has to stay that way? Mm-hmm. You know, somebody has to come along and, and, and show them that, look, I may not be what Hollywood says I should be, but I'm here, and you're going to recognize me. And that's and that's what a lot of people are getting from from Kim when they see her on television. But Brian, we can talk all night. Let's bring her in so so people can hear from her. Yes, yes, we have star of numerous stage production screens, whatever you want to call it. She's been all over the place. Yes, Miss Kim Whitley, are you there? Yes, I am. I was like, I just will sit back and listen to y'all talk about me. I was enjoying that. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Terry. Thanks, Thank uh, Brian's kids. This is wonderful. <laughs> well, you know, Kim, I wanted to ask you, uh, there's a lot of women out there trying to break into the business. There's a lot of uh, young girls right now that, that I have. Uh, I teach an abstinence course, and I have a lot of these kids right now that are listening, and they need to know uh, that, what they see on television is not the final part of what you do. I, I think that they don't understand the part that the the auditions and 
the the heart, the, how, you know, the times that people have closed the doors in your face and you continue doing mm-hmm. what you're doing. I don't think they see that. I think they just see the glory part of it. Mm-mm. No, no, it is not. Just like any job, you know, that's worth it. It is hard work. And, there's a, you know, there's a lot of ups. You know, when you see the good part, that's the stuff you see on TV. But to get to that, it is, it's a road. I mean, it's not always... It's not always pretty, you know. It's it, we were talking about that the other day, me and my girlfriend, and we said people don't realize in this industry how many times you get knocked down and where your self-esteem has to be because you get rejected every day. You get rejected. Your phone calls get rejected. Your picture gets rejected. You get rejected. You go into audition. You get rejected. You get the part. And sometimes you get the part, and they say, you know what? We changed our mind. So there is a lot of uh, rejection in this industry, and it is for, it's not for the light at heart. It really isn't. And uh, so people just really have to know that it doesn't come just, whoop, I'm here. No, it's a lot of hard work. Mm-hmm. But what is, it, what is it that keeps you going, though? What is that, that thing that, that when those doors are closed, because, you know, a lot of people are afraid of rejection. They don't want to hear that. So that stops a lot of people. So when you were rejected in the beginning of your career and sometimes probably now, what is it that keeps you going? What do you do? Well, I think there's several things I lean on. But one is you really have to believe in the product. You have to believe in yourself. Because if you don't believe in it, how is anybody else going to believe in it? How is it you're going to sell it? Mm-hmm. So when you start getting disbelief, then, of course, you know, well, I don't believe in you either. Um, so that that's, you know, one thing. And the other thing is, is God, you know, I rely heavy on, you know, I'm not running around knowing the Bible, quoting it and all that. But one thing I do rely on, I have to look at myself, is that um, I I think I probably just say Jesus all the time if I just word and I, I um I pray and I but you just don't know because when you're out here by yourself you gotta have something. You know, I go to church, uh, I um you know, I pray, I, I read affirmations, I do whatever I can do to keep myself uplifted. I keep a group of cheerleaders around me and, and when I say cheerleaders it's positive people. Um I try not to have negative people around because, you know, people say they're yes people, but they're really not. I keep real people around me. And people that say, you know what, you can do this. This, Don't worry about that. This is great. Something else will come. Um, Those kind of people. Um, So I think that you, well, you got to enjoy what you do also. So I think that in a strong family, you know, I have a family. They're not here. They're in Cleveland, Ohio. But they, you know, they believe in me, and I know at the end of the day that this is just a job. This is really not what life is about, and um, I think that's what keeps me going. I know that's what keeps me going. Wow, you just covered like ten of my questions. (laughs) (laughs) Now that's hilarious. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. But here's one that you didn't cover, success. Give me your definition of success. Wow. Let's see, I don't think I've asked this one other time before, and it, a lot of people think it's financial, 
and it could be, but I, I think success is when you are in a, a place in your life that you have everything that you need, not what you want, but everything that you need and that you are at a place of peace where I enjoy what I do. If it ended tomorrow, will they say I did good work? Was I a good person? Did I help my fellow man? And I, for me, for me, that is success. In my industry, did I bring smiles and joy to people who needed it, people that didn't need it, and just that—that that is success. Because right now, I'm in a—I got a nice house. Could I have a bigger house? Definitely. Could I have an airplane? Definitely. Do I need those things? No, yeah. I don't. Yeah. So it, I think that. At the end of the day, yeah. It sounds like you're so grounded and focused on life. And I think sometimes when that happens is uh, uh, that happens to a lot of people that have uh, suffered before and, and overcome something that was just terrible. Mm. I'm not, I don't want to. I'm not. I'm not asking you to answer that to tell us what that thing was, but the suffering, the the hard times. Do you think that that's what has you so focused right now in your career? You know, I I really think that I could be more focused. I really think that God put a light in me. There is something that I'm here to do. Um, I would love, I've always wanted to say, you know, ooh, here's a hard luck story. Mm-hmm. But I can't. I really can't give you one particular rough times because I always think if my rough times are rough, there's always someone else that are this rougher. So I never say I had a rough time, you know, So yeah, because yeah. something else could happen. I got all my limbs. I could see, you know, I can get up, you know. You know, I had food and water, and, and my upbringing was that of, oof, you know, somewhat privileged, um, and I got to live all over the world with my family. Mm-hmm. Um was this something my family wanted me to do? No. My father is from, you know, is an architectural firm. Um, you know, my mother's a housewife. Uh, she was a school teacher, but it wasn't me going to Hollywood and being an actress. That was not part of the plan. Actually, they took all to the dollar bet, my brothers <laughs> and my father, and they were like, she'll be back. And they bet that I, I would, a dollar bet that I would be back in three months. Well, 15 years later, I'm still out here. Wow. And I told I said, y'all still got them dollars? I want them. <laughs> and, you know, they laugh, and they tell a story sometimes. They're like, remember that time we were sitting in the office and we all laughed? And I, so I can't say the thing that keeps me focused is if you have no more hope or no more dreams, what are you here for? 
if you have nothing else that you really want to do, I don't care if it's just go to the store, make somebody smile. What is it that you want to do? And that's the thing that keeps me going and keeps me focused because this is what I like to do. And if they said, you know what, Kim Whitley, you no longer could be an actress. Trust me, there is a plan B. There is something else that God has put in my heart that I would love to do. Because it, 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 I guess it's about life. And even if you've had hard luck, I've been on the floor crying before. I've been down, tears. Oh, Lord, it's over. You know, I can't take it. There's been heartbreaks. There have been things. But one thing I say, the sun will come up in the morning, and it is a new day. And one thing I have learned through living, living, you have to live. If you're young, you have no idea what I'm talking about, and I didn't either at that age. But when you see people dying around you, and I think the first time I saw it was when princes died, died. I was like, oh, my God, I know for sure the world is going to stop. When I tell you the world kept going, had a funeral, a big hoopla buried her on that little island, and it kept on turning, and it kept on going. So at the end of the day, once again, if I die, the world is going to keep going. So why die? Why not live and, 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 and leave footprints and make good work and, and leave a history, whatever history it is, with your family, with somebody? so that somebody will tell the stories, the stories that we hear now of people that went before us, and to be happy while you're here and making a difference. Because what else is there? I'm looking, what else is there, really? Nothing, just surviving, just survive the best that we can, and that's what keeps me going. And and if I get a huge role and I get lots of money, and, and okay, that's fun. But now, just like Oprah, she had all that money. She buys things, but does that make Oprah happy? What makes Oprah happy is taking it and making other people happy. Mm-hmm. So I think well that's said. The, well yeah, said. Absolutely. You know, if you're just joining us, you're listening to the Abundant Solutions Hours. We have with us actress and people person, Miss Kim Whitley. And, you know, <laughs> For the first time, we're actually able to see a different side other than, you know, when we see you in the movies, you know, everybody always assumes that the person that they see in the movie is the person that you are on, you know, in your everyday life. Oh, you know, but just some of the comments and statements that you've made have really shown, you know, everybody else that you're no different from, you know, Mr. Sam at the store, Miss Minnie mm-hmm. at the market. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's really what people want to know about, you know, uh, anybody. They want to know that you're not just the person that on the movie screen and, you know, and so forth. They want to know that you're a real person. And I think that that can, uh, well, I know it definitely solidifies your status as, you know, as being successful. You know, and you talked about this one word. And I always I always listen for these buzzwords when I ask my questions. And you talked about this word peace. Mm. And see, that kind of that type of peace doesn't just come from when you've made it or when you have that success. 
mm-hmm. that real peace comes from, you know, within. You know, it comes from within your heart. When you when you can truly assess peace and say, I am at peace. See, there's a lot of people out here that can't say that. Yeah. You know, so I, and I appreciate rich. it. They got a lot of money. <laughs> they got it, and they're not at peace. I know some of them. Mm-hmm. It's you not know, but easy. Let me ask you. You know, I, I know a lot of people that are trying to get in the music industry. Like my children, they swear that they're already music artists. They play the violin, and I have one <laughs> daughter that plays just about every string instrument you could find. Wow. <laughs> you know, and so that another one, she all every time you turn around, she knows every song from Camp Rock and uh, what's the other show, Greg? The one that they watch all the time. They watch everything. They watch everything. I mean, they're they they know every song and they sing them probably better than the people on TV. You know, but I also know some people who have been struggling to get into the music industry, to get into the, you know, the the business of being an actor or an actress. You know, what were some of the th- what would be some of the things you would say to our young women? Because we see so many women being objectified in the industry. You know, they like them because they're pretty or they're fine or they have the right curves or they're willing to take their clothes off. You know, what would be some of the things that you would, you know, uh, caution them uh, with the, in the industry, as well as would you, you know, what else would you tell them about the industry that they should look out for? Whew. <laughs> That's so funny because my mother, I don't know, I mean, it might have done damage to me because when I was coming out to Hollywood, my mother was scared. Sex and drugs, sex and drugs, be careful, sex and drugs. And she had me so afraid that I didn't take chances. Um what we have as women is that intuition. You know right from wrong. You know if somebody is saying, look here, I'm doing a movie, uh, but you're going to have to be uh, bucket naked. Um, that might not be good for you. Um, I'm just starting off. I don't really you know, want to do that. Uh, oh, well, we're going to pay you this and this and that. No, no. What you can do is you, you're very nice to the people. You say, you know what, let me think about it. And then you run it by someone else and you run it by somebody else and you call somebody else who knows somebody else who's in the industry or an attorney and you find out what's going on. There's a lot of music videos and women want to be in the music and you have these reality shows. There are so many outlets where when I came through, there wasn't, you know, that many outlets like that. There were videos and I did, I think I did a Levert video, but, there wasn't the, oh, you know, just the, the looseness um, of uh, what that we're willing. And, and it's true. And if you're not going to do it, some other girl will. So I think a lot of that, um, mothers, it starts at home. Um, and we have to instill pride in our daughters um, that they are beautiful, and they don't have to do anything that is degrading to make it. Because if you have the talent, it will shine. It will shine. Uh, there's thousands of women that do music videos. Can you name one? Wow. There we go. Yes, yes. You know this this peace thing. I I I really want to talk about that because that's something. This is Greg. I'm sorry. The, Hey, that, that's something that we see on television, and we see the the, the millionaires and the billionaires struggling with. Mm-hmm. And, and I want to ask you: I know that you know when you have this money, you have this fame, 
and you don't have God in your life, there is a void there. And everything that they're doing, they're trying to fill that void. Maybe using drugs and hoping hoping that thing will fill that void, or or maybe it's to have a lot of women, and maybe that that'll try to fill that void. But at the end of the day, when you're alone at night, when you're in the bed by yourself, and everybody else is asleep, you have to deal with you. And that's when mm-hmm. you know that you don't have that peace, and that thing is tore. You're just being tortured, and yeah. you're trying to cover it up. You know, and I know you're in the industry, and I know that you see this all the time. Yes. Why? What? What is that grip on them that's keeping them, or tricking and fooling them that they can't have peace? The devil. That's what it is. It is the spirit of deception. It is the spirit of surface. Because you got to understand. You didn't have all those friends till you got all that money. Tell it. <laughs> you did not have all those friends till you got all that money. And that might be cute, but the they know they know the people who are their friends. You know. You know the real people because I look at my circle. There's people. Yeah, there's definitely new people. But those old friends that were there with me, struggling with me, those are the ones. I'm, I'm, I'm good friends with, with, a, with a couple people, and a couple overnight, not overnight successful, but doing it for a while now. They're huge stars. And I'm, you know, every now and then we'll hang out, and, and you'll hear them say, um, Kim knows. Kim, tell them, tell them. I was like this in the beginning, wasn't I? And it's so funny. We would sit and laugh and laugh. It's just a different feeling, and, and I think that, I know when the lights are out and you're by yourself, you can do nothing but call out. Yeah. I I, I tell people, tell people like, oh, you know what? I don't believe in God, or, or you know what? I'm 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 my own God, or I believe in this. You know, people got their thing, and I always say, I said, okay, that's cool. I said, yeah, but when you're in that airplane, that turbulence comes, you feel that plane drop. What's the first thing out your mouth? Oh God! <laughs> oh God! You don't call. Oh me! Oh me! <laughs> I always tell them, quiet that storm, then. Quiet your own storm. <laughs> yeah, go ahead on. There you go. Mm-hmm. Go on, talk to yourself. And you know what, Kim? You know what? When, when I, I, I. Sometimes I go to the hospitals and, and, and I I just just to see people, just to, to talk with people that are in the, the waiting rooms and their families that are going through. And and I and I ran across this one older guy that was in the bed and he said to me, he said that with everything that I have and all the money that I have, I'm not asking my wife where my Mercedes is or what my banking account is at this Ooh. point. There's only one name I've been calling on. That's the only thing that matters at this point. Wow. Yeah. So wow. he said, when you find a person that their health is leaving them, mm-hmm. nothing else matters. Yeah. And at that point, to me, it touched me, and, I, and it made me realize that the things that we worry about on a daily basis is absolutely nothing. Tell it, tell it. Yes. It, that, it, that is it, absolutely the truth. Yes, 
Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, I have a friend of mine, and, you know, they're corporate, and they work really hard. And, you know, you know, we do a lot for the society and world, and people put pressure on us, and we all got bosses, and we all got ants. And, you know, I'm trying to help him find a life balance, and that's life, a life work, a work-life balance. There's life, and then there's work. If you do all work, I said, when you retire, I said, they're going to give you a little watch, and they're going to say thank you. Mm-hmm. And you're going to sit around, you're going to have nobody to talk to, to do anything with. I said, and if, if you know, unfortunate circumstances happen, and you get sick before you retire, I said, they're going to send you some flowers. I said, but your daughter and your family, I said, they're not going to be there. And if they are there, they're going to sit there looking at the clock tomorrow. Well, when is he going to kick the bucket so I can get this money? Because you have not made any deposits into their love bank, into the family bank, into the friends bank. And that's what we have to find and figure out because you're right. When it matters and when you're on your deathbed or sick bed or anytime you got the flu, you don't care about that Range Rover or that G4 plane or, or your diamonds or nothing. All you like is where is someone to bring me some soup? Mm-hmm. And, and it could be the housekeeper or something. She's bringing the soup because she's on a paycheck. Where is the person that comes because they love me that's going to sit up and laugh with me? But that person won't be there if you don't make the deposits into that bank, into that friendship bank. And that's the thing that people, we can get things and acquire things, and it's wonderful. I know everybody wants that, and you have to have that. So you've got to work hard. You've got to go to school. You've got to do the things to acquire that. You've got to get a job. But when you find where you are happy at your level, and that's why I had to tell my friend, you are working for someone else to make their company billions. Yes. That's what you're doing. You're working for them. What are you doing for you? What do you what legacy are you leaving? What are you doing for you that makes you laugh, that makes memories, that makes you at peace? Exactly. Just as what are you doing? Hmm. So you're absolutely right. I I do see that and I and I see it a a lot when people do that and in entertainers and corporate people just working. If I cannot enjoy my job and laugh on my job and have a good time and meet spirits and exchange, every time I never see these people again, if I'm doing a drama or a comedy or a movie, you know, movies, that's it. It's not a sitcom. It's not a family. You do the movie and then you're gone. And maybe you'll be in touch and maybe you won't. But the fact that I exchanged spirits with you and souls and we laughed, or I might have heard about your family, you might have heard a story about mine, And that's it. It was just an exchange. And my exchange wasn't negative. Maybe I helped you. Maybe you were down, and I smiled. Maybe I was down, and you smiled. That's all. That's it. Hmm. Period. Yeah, yeah. Well, Kim, we have a caller on the line. We'd like to go to them because we know we don't have a whole lot of time left with you. So if you don't mind, we'll go to a caller in the Five six uh-huh. one area code. Okay, just a moment. Okay. All right, standby caller. Uh huh. Okay. Is the caller there? Yes, yes, I'm here. Hi, caller. Hello. Welcome Hello. to the Abundant Solutions Hour. 
Hi, my name is Nikki in the in the chat room. I'm Honey Cheeks. Um, I just called in to say hi to everybody and say hello to Kim. And then when I, I'm listening to her and she talks about um, the love bank, I'm like, wow, I need to put a thumbtack in that. She she's <laughs> so right though because you know we go out and and you know we we make our money to pay our bills and you know to have retirement and things like that. And but 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 at the end of the day, what really, what what have we really worked for? You know, as she was talking and talking about the soup and that, it, it reminded me. I, I'm young. I'm 35, 36, and I had two strokes. And mm. um, thankfully, you know, I'm that my the only residual is I have like short term memory lapse, but I'm okay. And, and and she's right. As I was laying there, knowing that something was wrong with me. And um, my husband and my children were standing there watching me. Um, I would have given everything for them to be there with me opposed to, you know, someone else, you know, someone who didn't really love me um, the way that they do. And, you know, you you make those deposits and, and, you know, because, you know, it's an investment and you, you get a return from that. You know, that's not something that, you know, when you make those kind of deposits, it's not like, you know, a CD where you don't know what your return is going to be. Mm-hmm. You deposit love, you're going to get that back. And, and she's so right. When, when you know, when we're sick or we're at our worst, you don't want the, the people that you want around you are the people that, you know, that really, really love you. And they don't care how much money you have and how many stadiums you can fill and, you know, I'm a nurse, um, but when I'm sick, my family doesn't care how many people I've helped at work. They want to know, you know, Mommy, what can we do for you? Sweetie, what mm-hmm. can we do for you? You know, so so she's absolutely right. She's absolutely right. I mean, I called in to say hi, and then when she said that, I was like, wow, love bank. Yeah, I'm going to put a thumbtack in that. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, think, I don't think she'll charge you. Okay, good. No, I, I won't charge you. Okay. <laughs> and you, you know what? If you, nothing's wrong with you. Yeah, you got short-term memory loss for a while. Ain't nothing wrong with you, and I ain't had no stroke. Now, how about that? You are just fine. Your recovery okay. is over. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you. I received that. <laughs> yeah. It is done. Yeah, well, yeah, we thank you for calling in. Thank yeah. you so much for calling in. Yes. Well, thank yes. you for having me. Thanks for having this show. I kind of stumbled upon it. Um, so, yeah, it's a really good show. I, I like that. You were, you were supposed to hear it. Yes. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I believe that. Nothing happens yeah. by chance. <laughs> right. Right. That's true. Yes. We, we, we only have a, a couple more minutes or just a minute with Kim. And I, and I wanted to say to you, Kim, please continue doing what you're doing because I, I know it's none of your spiritual business to know uh, the lives that you're touching by the work that you're doing. Oh, I it's, it's a lot that. of people. Yes, there's a lot of people out there that love you and they support you, and there's a lot of prayers going up for you. Yeah. We, oh. we, yes, we know how tough Hollywood could be. We Come know, on. Yes, <laughs> we, 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 we see it on television. We see it. There's so yeah. few of us in in the big roles, but. You have favor. Just keep going and keep doing what you're doing. I appreciate that, and I yeah. need, I definitely need all the prayers. Definitely going up because people, that's what I say, they see the smile, but people don't see when we come home, you know. Mm-hmm. 
they don't see when we come home and we close the door and we, you know, we cry or, or, or you know, we grab that Bible or we, you know, get on the phone with a friend that, you know, because, you know, we can't tell the world that because they're like, oh, my God, something's wrong with her. And, you know, because there are people out there that want to see you broken down and want to see you bad. So uh, definitely uh, send those prayers up. Because, yes. you know, sometimes, we, you know, you want to come in the house and you want to pull those eyelashes off, take that piece, that hair piece off, mm-hmm. and you know, good and well, you can't go to the store looking like that, but sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you really want to. Yes. But I, I definitely appreciate that. I do because it is a tough role. But I, what, what is the saying uh, for uh, much is given? Yes. Much is required. Much is, given, much much is required. required. There we yes. go. Yes, yes. And I, I, and I, I think, take that. Yeah, I think Brian wanted to probably say say something to you as well. Yeah, I just have. I just want you to uh, promote some of the things that you have coming out pretty soon. Oh, thank you, Brian. I guess that does make sense. Um, everybody, I want you to watch uh, this Saturday on TV One. Uh, it's a special called "Cruising for Love" with Kim Whitley. Yeah. Uh, come on, that's right on TV One on uh, at. Uh, 10 o'clock Eastern, and at 7 o'clock uh, Pacific time. Um, uh, please watch that. Uh, trying to do another special form, so I need everybody to email everybody and tell them to turn that on. And then on um, September 10th um, on Fox TV, I believe 8 o'clock, it's a series called Till Death. Um, I start that, so please tune in to that. Mm. And... Um, uh, you know, College Road Trip, what I did with Martin is out on DVD. It's a, a plethora, but right now I will say TV One this Saturday, uh, the 30th, uh, uh, at uh, 10 o'clock and uh, 7 o'clock uh, Pacific Time. Cruising for Love. And make sure everybody uh, goes and votes uh, and uh, is registered. Yes. Yeah, I'm Obama. Yeah. I don't know what y'all. <laughs> I knew that was coming. You knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. My little cousin, she threw that in. She was like, and she just got, and she just got the vote. So I don't know if she's registered. I need to check her. You know, the little college kids, are you registered? Yes. Uh huh. That's right. what they say. That's what they say. Yeah, they have they have to register by um, I think it's September the tenth. My daughter just turned eighteen this past November, and I uh-huh. stayed on her neck until. She she registered. She kept saying, not yet, Mommy, not yet. And I um, threw a little guilt trip on her. I told her, they called my grandmother Nana, and I said, when Nana was your age, she wasn't able to vote. I said, mm. and she would flip in her grave if she knew that you were not right. registered to vote yet. Mm. And the next day, oh. she said, I did my voter's registration card. So this And is it's her not first like year. they're everywhere. People don't make it easy. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what's interesting. I was like, well, where are the voter registration cards? Where are, where's the information, you know? Well, now, I'm, I'm kind of big on voter's registration because I'm like, these kids have to get out and vote. They are in Florida where I am. They have to be at the high schools. They have to oh. have them in the high schools because the children, just like they, they tell the kids that they have to go, and the 18-year-old boys, they have to go and register, register. with selective services. Well, mm-hmm. part of that is they have to have voters' registration cards available to the children, and also every United States postal office has voters' registration cards. So if I go over to the post office right now, I'm going to see some cards, and if I don't, I can come look for you in the chat room. 
<laughs> yes, look for honey cheeks. <laughs> and if they're not there, you let me know what postal service, and I will be on top of that postmaster saying, why aren't there voters' registration cards available? Absolutely, and I want to check my polling place. That's what's really funny. You know, you get usually get the little information where you go poll, and then they switch it around. I thought, oh, they're trying to trick me. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I definitely wanted to get that. So I definitely, so definitely uh, vote, and this Saturday, watch Cruising for Love on TV One. We got yeah, you. Yes, we got you. We're gonna we're gonna spread that in our emails for the rest of this week until it until it airs. We got you. That's right. And learn the power of prayer, please. Yeah. Learn wow. the power of prayer. Wow. Yeah. All right. You know, I have one more thing that I, I I'm looking through some of the information that I found out about you. Don't believe all of it. Do I, not believe. <laughs> well, this is something that kind of intrigued me. You have some things that you've produced. Ah. That's right. Yeah. I actually produced this one, Cruising for Love, on oh. TV One. I'm one of the executive producers, and I produced a a show called Hollywood Hustle. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what it is, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've been trying to produce and do things, you know, trying to give other people jobs. Absolutely. And what part of Florida are you guys in? We're in Tallahassee. Ah, Tallahassee. Yeah, we're under about in college feet in of water right now. <laughs> yeah, I was That's down there one time. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have to get you. We're gonna have to get you to come back. Yeah. Yeah. His name was John. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> 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 all right. All right. Oh my goodness! Well, thank you so very much. Oh, it was quite our pleasure. Quite our pleasure. Oh, well, well, I appreciate that, and everybody. I guess they can. I got me a, a MySpace, and I got me a Facebook. Tell us what they are. That's right. It's uh, 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 MySpace.com slash Kim Whitley. That's K-Y-M, Whitley. And uh, the Facebook is Kim Whitley. So uh, however you go to Facebook, I don't know how you do it. But that's, <laughs> that's it. But, and my website is KimWhitley.net, K-Y-M. So, all right, uh, all please, right. So I can let you know what I'm doing, people. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on with us, and uh, thank Austin. He was awesome. I, he and I, we we talked back and forth for about a week, and um, I, just just give him a read. Yeah, right. That's the MySpace thing. Look at that. Yes. Yeah. Look at you know what's so funny because I don't know how people get because you do the things and then I wasn't checking them. I'm gonna be honest with you, Austin. I was like, you know what? I might be missing out on opportunities. And yeah. I said, Austin, I think you need to check my stuff. And I'm talking about I haven't checked it in a year. <laughs> I hear the giggles. I hear judgment. <laughs> people, people well, look, are trying to get to you. I, I check mine like periodically as well. People get on me like I sent you a message a week ago and you didn't check your MySpace. Yeah, like, that's man, what I call me. <laughs> Absolutely. So I was like, you know what? Let me put up something so the people can get to me because I'm not going to check email. So I, yes, often did a, a, a great job, and I yes, appreciate it that. Yes, he yeah. Give him a raise. That, that's what I'm gonna give him two cents. All right, hey. <laughs> that's right. Every little bit helps, right? That's it. Hey. That is it. Every little cent. So I would definitely tell him, and I, yeah, he did a great job, and I appreciate, it, and I had a good time with you guys. Thank you so much. And I, and I wish you. you the best of luck. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Kim Whitley. Bye. Bye. <laughs> And with that, we'll go to a commercial break, and we'll be back in about two and two. If someone you love has a problem with drugs and alcohol, it's better 
have it. It's the right thing. There is something you can do. You think I'll be okay with this? Shh. Here he comes. Congratulations! You can celebrate his recovery every chance you get. For drug and alcohol treatment referral for you or someone you know, call 1-800-662-HELP. Hey, Justin, Sarah. Hi, Ricky. Hi. Hey, listen. I just heard about some kids who might try to get some beer. So? Why are you telling us? Yeah. Well, because I thought maybe we could go and, you know, drink. Why? Um, because... I guess because it's cool. Cool? Why is it cool? Well, you know, we can go and get wasted. And why would we want to get wasted? Well, remember that time when we heard some older kids talking about doing it? So? Why should we do it? Well, I guess... I guess I don't know. Sooner or later, someone may ask you if you want to drink. If that ever happens to you, maybe there's something you should ask them. Like why? Because the fact is, most kids don't drink. Even older kids. So think about it. There's no good reason to drink. Want to know more? Check out thecoolspot.org. And we're back with the Abundant Solutions Hour, and we just had with us actress Kim Whitley, and she was a gem to have on with us tonight. And we still have our caller in, and, you know, I think Greg had a question for our caller. Our caller's name is Nikki, correct? Yes. Yes. Yes, Nikki. Nikki, our show is all about helping people. Our show is all about inspiring people. Uh, that may have been knocked down, and, and and they need to know that they can get back up. And you said something that that really jumped out at me. You said you had a stroke. Yes, I had two strokes. Yeah. And, and you were down. Yep. And I was talking with an older uh, lady today. She's 64, about to be 65, and she had cancer, and the doctors gave her 45 days to live. And this was three years ago. And I I was trying to imagine what that was like for a doctor to come in and tell someone, you only have 45 days left. And for you to have two strokes and and to come through that and to see your family coming together and you seeing people praying for you and you being able to witness that true love when you were sick or whatever. Can you imagine someone going through that alone without having a family there and not having someone to say that they love them and, 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 and that someone is praying for them and trying to pull them through that? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll say this. It was it was my, my children and... Um, my soon-to-be ex-husband, it was their prayers and their love, honestly, um, that made me get up every morning. And and I couldn't speak. Like, I honestly, um, my brain was working faster than my mouth would, and so I stuttered and slurred a lot. I went to speech therapy. 
um, and it was hard, but it was the look in their eyes. My little boy at the time, my little boy is eight, and so my baby was five. And when the strokes were happening, he started to cry, and my oldest daughter picked him up. And I remember looking up at my husband, and I couldn't speak, but I was thinking so many different things. And he looked at our son, and he said, you're crying at a time like this? We pray at a time like this. And my little boy instantly, his little tears, and he was just a baby, his tears dried up, and and he started to pray. And it was just that because I'm laying there, and and honestly, like my flesh, I I just wanted to, to just succumb to what was going on. I was so stressed. You know, my husband and I were having so many problems. That the kids were, were, they could feel that something was going on with mommy and daddy, and so they weren't being themselves. And, and it was it, might, it was easier, I thought, to just give up and not to fight. But even through all that we had gone through, you know, my my husband and I, and, and he said that, and then the kids, it was just like they, they all stood there together and they were hugging each other. We were in a restaurant, and we were waiting for the paramedics to come. Um, and I knew what was going on, but I knew that something something was wrong with my brain because I couldn't speak, and the way that my body felt, and me being a nurse, I knew that something was wrong with my brain. Um, but it was looking over at them and looking up at him, you know, and like I said, even with all we had been going through, just the sincerity, even though we, you know, like I said, were having those problems, I knew that that he loved me as a person just just for being Nikki and it was that that I held on to and this was 2 days before Christmas and that year we didn't buy a tree we didn't buy presents cuz we were out shopping and I started having this headache and he said well let's just go eat and you know we're trying to pull together for the kids and that year like none of this commercial stuff of Christmas mattered to us it was just you know the love that we had for one another is what, you know, is what mattered most for us. And then the next day, Christmas Eve, I was still in the hospital and had another stroke. Um, it, w- it was scary. And I could not imagine, um, even with all that was go- we were going through and we were, you know, talking about separation and things were hard, even with all of that, I couldn't imagine them not being there with me. Then when I came home, one of the mothers from the church, she had heard about what happened, and that night that I came home, she was there, and she stayed with us and stayed in my son's room, um, and she stayed with us until the neurologist released me back to drive and that. And she wasn't just there, you know, in the house just to be a warm body. She took my kids to school. She cooked for us. She washed. She organized my linen closet. I was so embarrassed because the linen closet was a mess. And, you know, I was writing out things at the time, and I was like, oh, Mother White, you know, no, you don't have to do that. I was embarrassed, but just I was busy working, and, you know, stuff gets out of place. And she was like, baby, we are focusing on you. And, I mean, she was just there, and even to this day. And, I mean, we met this lady at church. She was down from Cleveland visiting, and the night that we met her, like two years before that, she started calling us her kids, and she was like, these are my kids. And, you know, she would come visit and stay with us, and then she'd move down with her natural children. And when she found out that I had those two strokes, I mean, it was she didn't even hesitate. He didn't even have to ask her. 
she was there. And, I mean, she wasn't there just, like, to give a report back to someone else to say, oh, yeah, she can't speak and, you know, oh, yeah, this is going on. She was there, and whatever she found her hands to do, she did them. And there were times where I did not want to speak and I would write, and she would say, no, you talk. I want you to talk. You have to talk. And, you know, it was just the genuine love, you know, people that love you. And it's not always family that loves you, you know, um, God places other people in your lives who aren't out to hurt you or to take from you. They're not in your life to be a liability but an asset. Wow. <laughs> wow, That that's all I can say. I mean. Wow, it, it wasn't by mistake that I came to this show tonight. Oh, no. Oh, no. Wow. Oh, no. Not at all. Not at all. You know, normally this would be the time that I would have a question for a guest or a you know, someone who had called in, but, you know, I'm still taking in everything you said, you know, because most people would talk about this and, you know, in a matter of, you know, 10 years, this is what happened to me and so forth. You know, your story is just, wow. I mean, it it almost sounds like a, like a novel. Yeah. <laughs> you know, wow. I mean, and I'm not, I'm not saying that to discount what happened to you. No, I understand, I understand. And I say wow because um, I've been saying for years, you know, there's a book in my belly, there's a book in my belly, and, you know, I'll write a little bit and then I'll stop, and then, so that's why I said wow. Yeah. You know, what? While, while Brian is trying to think of something to ask you, I, I have something. Okay. Thank you, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> so many of us, when we go through things like what you've gone through, and on this show, we've talked with a lot of women that have been raped and molested and just divorced and just left out in the world to die. I, I mean, just just no hope, no anything. The world, it, it just seems like everybody just turned against them, and it was just a dark time for them. Now that you've come out of that period, when you, you probably never thought that you would, now that you've come out of that, you are qualified now to speak and help others that are coming behind you because you know what it's like to not be able to talk. I can't go to a place where someone has had a stroke and try to tell them what it's like not to talk. They will know that right off the bat that I don't know what I'm talking about. But now that you're qualified, I'll say this to you. Be transparent with that because that is a blessing. The worst things that happen to you is a solution for those that are struggling, that want to give up. You wanted to give up. There was something that didn't allow you to give up. Right. And I say to you, continue bless someone with, with what you're doing right now. I know someone is listening to us right now that's probably in tears, and you're saying exactly what they needed to hear. Just like Kim came on the show and said some things and it touched you, you can do the same thing. Right, right, right. I'll, I'll just, I'm sorry, ahead. go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I'm no, sorry. I was I was just going to say, um, you know, just with, with just enduring that, um, and going through that and, and coming out and, and looking back in the rear view and seeing, you know, that, you know, I couldn't speak and, and different things like that. Um, 
that me going through that and and having a testimony um it, that wasn't about me me having that stroke at at you know 30 something years old that wasn't about me coming through that was not about me my testimony is for someone else to know that they can get through their test the hell that I've been through Y'all don't even know. That's just the iceberg. He said molested. Oh, yeah, been that, been there. You understand? Was a teenage mother. They said I wasn't going to be nothing. And and just through all of that, and, and even still, having the stroke and all of that, if me going through all of what I've been through is so that one person knows that, man, if I just hold on, I shall live and not die. If me going through all of that, it's just for one young girl to say, okay, yeah, I was molested. I had a baby when I was 15, but I'm still going to go to college. I'm still going to make it. If all of what I've been through, what, what Nikki has been through, is so that young girl won't give up and she won't prostitute herself and she won't do drugs, or that 64-year-old woman who's saying, man, I've had these strokes. I'm just going to lay here. I'm not even going to try, so that she can say, you know what, I'm going to try. I'm going to get up. I'm going to move around. I'm going to talk. If what I've been through is to encourage her so that she gets some wind beneath her wings, then so be it. Then I graciously accept the test. I graciously accept the path and going through that. It was, That wasn't about me. Me having those strokes was not about Nikki. It was for someone else to get through. Because the doctors, they can't even explain why I had the strokes. Yeah, they kind of gave me, you know, some hoopla back and forth about it. But one doctor says one thing, somebody else says another. They can't come together on it. They can't explain it because it's not for them to explain. It wasn't about Nikki. It was for someone else to get through. Wow. Again, I'm at, I'm at a loss for words. You know, I mean, wow. You know, I, I know people personally who have gone through strokes. Um, you know, I've had uh, issues in my family with uh, folks who didn't make it. You know, my father actually would have uh, seizures, and I have a nephew that has seizures. And my father, you know, developed a brain tumor, and it became inoperable. So, you know, I've gone through a lot of, you know, turmoil, you know, not personally, but just experienced it. You know, and it's and you're right. When when you're down on that on that bed and there's nothing that you can do, you want those type of people you know, you want that type of energy around you to keep you going. Right. You know, and I just applaud you. I mean, like I said, you, you said it best. It wasn't for you. It was for someone else. Because, you know, I've just been, you know, I am and Greg back and forth, and I'm like, wow. You know, she's she's a story in her in, it, in itself. I mean, we, I feel like we should do a show with just you. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and I'm not, I mean, and I'm not, I'm not trying to just say that or whatever. I'm, I'm serious because your story is a type of story that people really need to hear. You know, they really need to hear that. They really need to know that people, everyday people, go through things. You know, uh, Miss Whitley alluded to Princess Di, and when Princess Diana died, she said she she thought that the world was gonna stop. You know, she said she felt like the world was just going to stop and nothing was going to move. But then she realized soon after that, the world was going to, the world kept going after her death. <laughs> yeah. You know, 
You know what? I, I, I want to say this, Nikki. We have about four minutes left. But I, I, I want to say this, and um, I want you to answer it the, the best way that you can. When you wanted to give up, did you feel that the enemy was the enemy was doing everything that he could to destroy your life? Uh, you, you said you and your husband was going through you, and then you started having these headaches, and, and you, you didn't want to. Uh, Christmas pretty much didn't mean anything at this at that point. You were just you were just in a period of of just darkness, uh, some would say. And through all of that, it was so easy for you to say. No, you know what? I I I'm tired. I'm just going to close my eyes and and hope that I don't wake up. And my question is, this woman that came in, do you believe she was sent just for that? And I say that the timing for her to come in town and she not know you and you not know her and something like that happened and she was there. Do you think she was sent for you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. You mean Mother White? Yeah. Yes. She was, because she came from Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> she didn't know us. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. You think she yes, was I Kim's did. cousin? Because Kim's originally from Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> really? <laughs> you just right. never know. And she has <laughs> jokes like Kim, too, for real. Yeah. So it's no telling. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Look. Now, now you asked me a question. Did did I think that the enemy um, tried to take you out? I, I'll say this about the enemy: he is on his post twenty four seven. Where are we? We so busy. We we've been lulled to sleep into the state of euphoria with things and the hustle and bustle, but the enemy is on his post. Yeah, yeah, and he's been trying to take me out since I can remember. It wasn't just that, all kinds of stuff, seriously. <laughs> yeah, I mean, February of 07, I had a bowel obstruction, laid up in the hospital three days before they took me to surgery. Oh, the enemy is definitely on his post. Even the situation with, with my, marriage, my marriage and us being separated, all of that, all of that, is an attack. The attack on my family, all of that comes from the pits of hell. Oh, yeah, I, I know, you know, some folks may think that I'm not that special, but God loves me so much that I am that special. That that Satan, 24-7, him and his imps, he is out to kill not just me, but all of us. But, yeah, it, that those attacks come from the enemy, but God <laughs> is using it. For his glory. That's why I said it's not about me. I could have just laid there and succumbed. You know, my flesh wanted to give up. I'm not going to lie. I was tired. I was going through it at work. My husband was acting crazy. Now, in the church, folks thought, you know, oh, they're the perfect couple. But at home, we were going through. He was shaking me, and I was doing crazy stuff, and it was a mess. And then I, sometimes I would walk past the mirror and have to take a double take because I'm like, who is this person? Oh, yeah, the enemy was definitely, he was all up in it. He was all up in it. And when we could not pray for ourselves, and I told, because my husband and I are still legally married, but I told him today, um, I said, when we couldn't pray for ourselves, man, some, some folks have been praying for us. 
like for real, because the stuff that we've been through, one of us should have been dead or in jail or something, and we still just keep pressing, you know. Oh. So the enemy's on his post, and you know we're not always on ours, but but thankfully somebody is standing in the gap. When we yeah. can't stand in the gap for ourselves, somebody is standing in the gap, and that's why I say, you know, this whole thing with with the strokes and and just some of the stuff that I've been through. Man, it's not about Nikki. It's not. It's not about me. It's for someone else. Because, see, I believe, right, and you guys believe, but it's somebody who's on the fence, right? And we know the Bible says you're neither hot nor cold, That and God spits you out. And when you spit something out, it's nasty. It's disgusting. He's like, either be hot or be cold. I can work with you. So it's somebody right now that's on the fence that's, you know, they're they're teetering, but they need to be in a place where God can work with them, albeit hot or cold. And not on the fence. So me going, what I've been through, is, and, and I just keep saying that, it's it's not about Nikki. Yeah, he loves me. He does. God loves me. And I'm special like that. All of us are. But he loves somebody else just as much that he uses me to get their attention. And it may, some people may say, well, dang, you know, her husband living across town with another woman. She got a boyfriend. They still married. You know, what's going on? But even through all of that, man, God, it looks a mess. To the natural eye, it looks a hot mess. But for real, for real, God is still in control. And I believe that. I do. I believe that God is still in control. Right now, it might be a woman who's like, okay, I'm just going to file for divorce because he's acting crazy. Nah, just hold on. Just hold on. God can fix it. Just hold on. If somebody that's ready to give up, just hold on. You know, a lot of times we feel like, man, I'm not going to pray no more because ain't nothing happening. That's when that's when he's working it out. We feel like giving up, that's when he's working it out. You know, and, and the enemy's on his post turning up the fire, making us think, you know, that little crumb is a sandwich. He's magnifying it. When it's still just in reality, it's a crumb. It's not a whole sandwich. Wow. Wow. Well, Brian, I think she answered your question. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> and, Nikki, oh, we appreciate you being on with us yes, tonight. We yes. We're actually over time for the show. We oh, couldn't I'm stop. So, I talk a lot. But, I'm sorry. That's but okay. No, we it's fine stop. because I wasn't going to stop you. <laughs> But again, okay. we thank all of our listeners for joining us tonight on the Abundant Solutions Hour, and we ask you to please join us again on Monday night at 9 p.m. We actually started one hour earlier due to the Democratic National Convention. Remember to vote for the candidate of your choice, Barack Obama. <laughs> and, uh, we thank you for listening, and good evening to all. <laughs>